This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. You know, we wore pink today and didn't even post a picture of us wearing pink. You know what's so funny is on Fuck. the on the radio show we said like we're wearing pink. Like we could have been bullshitting. We weren't bullshitting. We're both wearing pink. Now well. Zero verification. You, you're just gonna have to take our word for it. Uh, this is like a pre-podcast, <laughs> if you will. Are you ready to get things started? Yeah, let's do it. Hey now. Hey, what's going on, friends? <laughs> I just talked to you like so dumb. seconds ago. Yeah. Uh, how are you, Kat? How's your back? Uh, you know what? He, getting better. Like, getting better. I, I still have some discomfort, uh, but but thankfully, not getting worse. And apparently, you got to watch for that, right? Either A, getting worse, or B, being the same. And I'm definitely improving. So I have good reason to believe that I should be pretty close to being myself again soon. Okay. Before we get to all the stuff that I want to talk about, and there's a lot we're going to talk about, uh, the weather, I think Trudeau's going to get arrested like actually arrested by the RCMP. We'll tell you why coming up. We're going to talk about the changes in Toronto to the single-use plastics. Lynx Air, as it turns out, could have been saved. And <gasps> the nerve. The amount of money it costs to buy a home. All that and more coming up on this episode. First off, I love your night last night. What happened to yeah. you last night doesn't happen to <laughs> any of us enough. And I think it, it's great. My, uh, so I have a busy house. I have a busy household, right? I've got young kids and all that stuff. My husband is away for work. He has to travel for work now and again. And this is one of the weeks where he's traveling. So it takes a village. I have to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning. So I can't be there for my kids. So thankfully I have my parents who take them when needed and we're happy to do so. And yesterday because I was still getting a little bit better, I didn't want to like drive with them. Still a little afraid of doing that because I'm kind of sitting funny in my <laughs> as I drive. But nonetheless, I didn't I didn't really have to say anything because my parents were like, why don't we just come pick up the kids like early? Like not not too late. Just early. By the way, isn't it amazing how your parents will always be your parents? It's They'll great. just step in when you need them. Oh yeah. It's great. And worry. They still worry, you know, like, mm. are you okay? Are you sure you don't want to see a doctor? You should probably see it. Make sure that you go get an x-ray if you're still feeling not good. All those things for sure. So they picked up the kids, and this is around dinner time, and th- off they go. And I, this is the first time in 13 years I figured out that I was alone at home with nobody or no pets or nothing. Not a soul in sight. Not a soul in sight, which is a weird feeling when you're used to constant noise. Um, or breaking up fights, or just someone wanting a snack, or your husband wants to watch this, but you want to watch that. You know what I mean? Your partner and you have to decide what you're doing for the night. It was just on me. Yeah, I don't know about you, but for me, it doesn't matter if there's any noise at all. You can feel when somebody or something is in the house. Sure. You can also feel it when nobody's in the house. If I walk in the house, whether he comes running or not, I know if my dog is at the park with my girlfriend or if she's taking him for a walk, the house just feels different Mm -hmm. when it's completely empty, but you. So let's talk about how crazy you got with all this free time on your hand. Me, you, me, my craziness. Did you get a cake? I mean, it was still, it was, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I didn't get a cake. So I wanted to be still be productive, of course. I wasn't going to go party or anything like that. It's also still a work night. So I have to go to bed at a reasonable time. I'm, I was responsible enough. However, I wanted to do a little bit of productivity, but also just have a little me time and do what I wanted to do. So I feel like I got a good balance in there. Like, for example, I was, I was folding the laundry and getting that finished. But I was doing it while I was watching a junky reality show on Netflix. Love is Blind? Love is Blind, 90 yeah. Day Fiance? I had to, I had to, it was Love is Blind, to yeah. answer your question. Season six is so very interesting. And they only drop a few episodes at a time. So I wanted to get caught up because they dropped new episodes today. And I wasn't caught up from the last few because I just had no time. So I actually binged enough where I'm technically kind of sort of caught up until I watch the new ones that drop today. So I did that in peace. Um... I, I grilled some shrimp because my husband doesn't like that. So I grilled what I wanted to grill. It was great. You turned the barbecue on yourself? No, no. I, I'm sorry. I pan fried. I oh, pan fried. I didn't grill. I okay. pan fried. Great, great, great. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to suggest, by the way, that you can't grill when your husband's not there. I it could just... have, but that seemed like too much work. Sure. I understand. Uh, can I read a couple of DMs? Yeah. Sarah messaged after our pod the other day we were where we were asking, if you're a remote worker, Mm-hmm. Can you just go on vacation and do your work from Punta Cana or or Ocho Rios or something like that? Mm-hmm. Sarah says, hey, I want to provide some context around employees working from anywhere outside of Canada, which came up in your after nine. I've been in HR for 15 years. No, employees cannot just go work anywhere. It exposes the company and the employees to a number of risks. Having an employee working in Punta Cana, using your example could expose the company to business corporate tax obligations in that local jurisdiction, in addition to payroll tax obligations as well. If the company has a registered entity in that country, it might be a little easier, but if they don't, the company could get slammed. So funny, the opposite of the DM that I got. This is from Leslie, who also wanted to talk about this topic. I want to chime in about the work from home. I have a work from home position. I can work from anywhere. Last year, I was in Portugal, Spain, and Ireland. Uh, Monday, I'm heading to Florida. Two weeks after that, I'm in Arizona. The time change is the best when it happens and makes me realize the nine to five life is not for me. I'm a virtual insist- uh, I'm a virtual assistant, in case you're wondering, uh, for a couple of people at a mortgage bro- a mortgage brokerage. As long as I get my work done, they have no issues with where I am. So total opposite here. She travels. Talk about uh, having it made. Leslie, that sounds amazing. What a job. Look how many places she's been in the last year, but still quote unquote working. It's great. Well, she is working, but you know what I mean? I hear you. That's great. Uh, Another one from Terry. $63 million per soccer game. What the fuck are we paying for? (laughs) Yeah, that's talking about how much the cost of hosting six World Cup games has gone up. I think people are now starting to catch on to the fact that this is not okay. Yesterday, the premier came out and announced that he committed to $97 million if the feds match it, but this overage of $80 million, we're not helping them out. I don't even want to give Toronto the $97 because yeah. it's not going to benefit anybody mm-hmm. except the people who are actually going to the game, and you got to be very wealthy to do that anyway because we all know families won't be able to afford oh, it. Oh, they're going to be so expensive, those tickets. Yeah. Uh, while we're reading DMs, one more here on weddings. We were talking about weddings and what's right and wrong. Uh, Juan sent me a DM. I have a story about an open bar at my wedding 20 years ago. But still, this could happen today. I paid for the open bar until 12 a.m. At the end of the night, they brought me a bill for $2,000. This is the hall, okay, or or the organizers, whatever it was, because they ended up keeping the bar open until 2 a.m. And I said, why'd you do that, though? I told you to close it at 12 a.m. 
They said my father asked them to do it. So, of course, I asked my dad and my father-in-law, just in case, right in front of the manager, and they both said, I didn't make a request like that. The manager also confirmed that they were not the guys that asked for the extension. It must have been someone else and tried to cover. Oh, I left no. and didn't pay the $2,000. Good. I'm glad you didn't pay. Yeah. But that's sketchy. That's really sketchy. I uh, I also don't know many banquet halls that are willing to let you go much past 12 o'clock. Usually they ring that last call bell and say, get the fuck out. Yeah. Because they want to go home and, yeah. and they don't want people to drink until 2 a.m. like it's a club. Unless they think or try to take advantage of people being inebriated. And that seems like that was the thing there. Like, oh, here's a bill for $2,000. You can pay this right now. You can pay me right now easily. They were probably taking the chances that they'd get an extra two grand if they faked it. Good point. Bullshit. We, we talked about stagging does. This one from Sean. Hey, listening to the pod, my sister had a shed stag and doe. 1,500 people, they made $23,000. It was a hell of a party. I don't exactly know what, what a shed stag and doe is, but I assume it'd be like a garage sale where it's really out on the lawn, but there is a garage nearby, so that's why they call it that. I have no idea what that is. Huh. Maybe we should follow up and ask, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one. Scott, listen to the podcast today about the feminine hygiene product dispensers in the male washrooms. I know you might disagree with me here. However, I have two daughters and a wife. I have never, ever had to go into the men's bathroom to get tampons or feminine products. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And to have to waste have a waste disposal there for tampons for men, like they're doing, like shoving it up their ass. Enough is enough. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? God, like this is way out of control. My opinion. You might not agree with me, but that's my opinion. Again, I don't have a problem with the dispensers there. I can think of a couple scenarios where it might be helpful to have it. Uh, does it mean that the employees or the, the company should have to shell out endless amounts of money because people are stealing them and taking them home for their wives and daughters and such? I don't know who should pay for them, but I don't mind having them there. I just don't know why we would need the disposal unit there. Although somebody did say that the disposal units would come in handy for people who have incontinence or prostate cancer, bladder cancer, that sort of thing, oh, and, and have okay. to wear uh, pads underneath. Okay. Men that have to. I also got one about uh, uh, charging people for the buffet at a wedding. It's from an actual wedding planner, and I've got so many messages here that I can't find yeah. it. But what I will tell you is she was outraged at even the thought of billing guests to come and eat mm -hmm. at your wedding. Mm -hmm. So... Good stuff there, everybody. Thank you very much. Oh, we you should mention Scott Fox on air, yep. voice of Cat, Cat with a K. You can DM us anytime. Uh, special weather statement is in effect. It's going to be one of those weird days that starts warm and gets cold as the day goes on. When we got to the radio station today, just before 5 a.m., it was 12 degrees. By 5 p.m., it should be somewhere around minus 4, feeling minus 16. Ew. It's gross. That's a 28-degree swing in the <laughs> real field. 28 degrees in 12 hours. And then it's going to be like just a whole bunch of meh for Thursday. And then Friday, it's back up at least above zero. It's going to be like five-ish, depending on where you're listening from, like five-ish degrees. Big high five. And supposed to be sunny in most of southwestern Ontario, at least. So yeah. kind of weird. It's so strange. Getting takeout in Toronto is about to look a little different. Because the city's new single-use and takeaway item bylaw comes into effect starting Friday. Businesses are now legally required in Toronto to ask a customer if they would like to use a single-use, quote, accessory food item. Accessory food items include utensils, straws, napkins, 
paper shopping bags, etc. before providing them. The bylaw was approved by Toronto City Council on December 15th after being presented in a staff report as a way of reducing single-use plastic waste that comes with takeout. Businesses will also be required to accept reusable shopping bags and reusable cups if customers choose to use them. Okay. I don't hate that. I, I, don't, I don't hate that either. I, I don't know many companies that won't take a disposable cup, but if I go into a cafe and say, yeah, I want a coffee, but I want it in my Yeti, if they won't pour it into my Yeti, I'll just take the paper cup and pour it into my Yeti. I, I don't need someone to do it for me, so not really an inconvenience. Right. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think about the times that I get, like, if I stop off and get, like, a salad, and I go in and get a salad, I, I tell them, don't put it in, like, don't worry about it. Don't give me a fork. I don't want a plastic fork. That's fucking awful. If I'm going home anyway, I've got forks or whatever. So I try to limit my use anyway, and I think most people do. So being asked in advance isn't really a big deal. Okay, a couple things that stand out. I don't mind them asking either. It's an extra step for the businesses, but fine. Maybe it'll save them money. I think it's good for them, right? No, I do think it's it'll probably save them a little bit. Maybe right now they're just willy-nilly throwing those plastic yeah. fork, spoon, and knife in every bag, yeah. and they don't need to be. Exactly. Uh, the, the napkins thing is a little strange. I think if you order food, it should be just be customary that they offer you napkins with that. And that's compostable stuff, too. It is. I, I don't know why we would chintz out on that, but I'm going to suggest nobody's going to call the cops if you put extra napkins in the bag. <laughs> I think the problem is when the employees are busy and they grab a fistful of napkins and have, like, half the dispenser in your bag. I have also had it where, uh, like, it's a, like a fistful of wet naps. You know, like the wet uh, naps, those <laughs> ones. Because that could be really wasteful, too. If people don't use them, they just chuck them. So asking, asking that in advance is a good idea. Uh, let's see here. They also have to provide or ask if you would like a paper shopping bag or a paper bag. Can we, when are we going to stop this insanity? You know, there was a time when they said, stop using paper bags. They're, they're deforesting our country. We're cutting down all these trees to make all these paper bags. Plastic bags are actually mm -hmm. the better way to go. And then for some reason, we decided there's going to be a war on plastic bags and that paper bags would actually be preferable. Now paper bags, still preferable, but not just going to get handed out willy-nilly. You got to actually ask for one. I, I don't know what, what we're trying to accomplish with this. No, they don't need to give you the plastic utensils, for example. But if they do, or if you want them, you don't need to feel like a bad person. And I feel like that's the yes. goal here is to try and make you feel like an asshole yeah. because you decided you need a fork. If you order a salad or if you like to eat your fries with a fork, thank you for being civilized. And and nobody should make you feel bad about no. that. This is it's all a lie that, oh, we keep finding all these straws and plastic forks clogging up the ocean. Who the hell threw a straw? in the ocean. Nobody did that. Nobody did. There's no, this is just a fallacy to try and get rid of these single-use plastics. The problem is we're not getting rid of all of the single-use plastics. We can still see the, the waste. We can still see the hypocrisy in all of this. Mm -hmm. We talked about it at the grocery store. You can't get a plastic bag, but half the shit that you yeah. buy comes wrapped in plastic. Well, that's the thing. And if government really gives a shit, then where, where are they stepping in there? They don't where give a shit. Where are you stepping in? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, stop. I don't think they do. It, it's a lot of virtue signaling and a lot yeah. of trying to panic people about the environment so that they can get stuff passed. I, I don't think you need to be too concerned about it, everybody. Lynx Air is now belly up. Another no. airline defunct. Officially. today Was today the day or was it yesterday? Yesterday. Like the official day. Yeah. yeah. So Lynx, as it turns out, we're learning more about this scenario. And there's actually a bit of a local connection here. Lynx was hoping they'd be able to pay off their, uh, their debt by allowing themselves to be sold to Flair. This was in the weeks before the shutdown. 
New court documents show that there was a tentative deal with Flair that would have seen the money that Flair purchased links with go to the U.S. private equity firm Indigo Partners. $124 million debt they have, plus apparently Lynx owes the federal government millions in unpaid taxes, and they still owed various creditors. Hmm. That's why they filed for creditor protection. So what I'm wondering is, why didn't Flair buy them? Flair would be a decent-sized airline. They are a decent-sized airline, but they'd be very competitive if they also had Lynx. Yeah, I, I would think so, too. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Like, maybe they know something that we don't know here. Is there something going on in the airline industry that so many of these airlines owe HST to the CRA? What is going on there? Flair was in the news like a month ago. We had to have the CEO on to explain what was going on. They yeah. owed some some taxes or duty on planes that they'd bought. And now Lynx, as it turns out, owns the CRA a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Could you get behind no HST on flights? I mean, the government already taxes flights. There's the all kinds of taxes that go into flying. Do we need to charge HST on top of that? Or could we maybe bring down the cost of flying by roughly 13% if they would just ax the tax on that? Yeah, I mean, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, something to think about. I, I don't know. I, and I don't know what the answer is. I feel like, like I said, I feel like there's something we don't know. There is something we or don't maybe know. It's just, or maybe it's just as simple as less people are flying and... I don't know, and that's that. That's that. I don't know. But why can't any of these upstart airlines seem to make a go of it? Lynx didn't set out to go bankrupt. They thought they were going to be able to build, with a couple of routes strategically and low prices, a solid airline that could expand. And as they got more money, they could buy more planes and add more routes, and it would have been great. But it seems like every one of these smaller guys either gets bought up by the big guys or they end up going out of business. Does WestJet and Air Canada have that much of a stranglehold on this market and this industry that it's impossible for another carrier to get involved? They must. I mean, Lynx must have seen a way to make a profit selling a flight one way Toronto to Vancouver for $99. Mm -hmm. Well, we all know that same flight is six, seven times that on WestJet or Air mm -hmm. Canada. Lynx wouldn't have sold it for that if they didn't have a business case for doing it. I'm just wondering, how come all these airlines come out with this idea to price themselves low and then go out of business? Are they just bad at business? Or is there something else going on here to keep yeah. there being a lack of competition? The only one, and I'll give them credit, the only airline I've seen that launched and cut out an angle for themselves and expanded and continues to thrive is Porter. Yeah, Porter's doing it. Well, Porter has this good spot, though. Porter's got a good spot there. A Toronto Island? A, a, yeah, exactly. Toronto Island Airport. That's a, I don't know if you've ever flown out of that. I have. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I, mean, it, I think it's great. Like, not convenient for anyone outside. Like, for me personally, obviously, where I live, I'd rather go to the Waterloo Airport. I'd rather go to Hamilton. I've flown out of both, and I love it. But if you're given the option, if I was in the GTA to go to Billy Bishop or Pearson, I'm taking Billy Bishop every freaking time. Right. But, of course, now they've added the jets that fly out of Pearson as well. So, I mean, now you can take Porter to Victoria. Right, right. You can take it to Calgary and things like that, which is good. Porter started slow. They had a little niche market going from Toronto Island Airport to a couple different destinations. Then they expanded to a couple of American destinations. And now they're doing quite well. I just don't know what Porter did that the other... Flares and well, Flair's still in business, but we'll put a pin in that for now. Uh, I hope it stays in business. Me too. But I mean, Lynx, Canada 3000, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Jets Go, EasyJet, all these ones yeah. that have all gone bankrupt. It's really, really weird. Home buyers on a single income are not out of the game when it comes to purchasing a starter home in Canada. 
unless they're trying to do it in Ontario, where current conditions are making it increasingly unlikely, according to a study. New data says there is a... I don't a, think we needed a study to know how no fucking shit. unaffordable it is. <laughs> New data says there is a 40-year gap in the savings timeline between Ontario singles and couples when it comes to securing a mortgage and additional funds to pull off a home purchase. An individual is often looking at 50 to 70 years of savings to get there, whereas couples typically need 12 to 26 years. Can we talk about how ridiculous that report is to begin with? Yeah. 12 to 26 years of saving for two working adults before they can afford to purchase a starter home in Canada. Yeah. And if you're a single income person, 40 years. No, actually 50 to 70. Like why bother? Why bother even starting it then? You but know the, what I mean? I, I totally agree with you. What the hell is going on? Uh... I do feel for the, especially if you're like a s single individual, like you just want to get into the market. How hard would that be right now? Well, let's talk to somebody who's, who's possibly in the market. You're about that age, Octavia, your early twenties at some point soon, you might want to think about moving out. What does it look like for you? As a, someone in their 20s, just out of school, probably got a little bit of student debt. You, uh, you have a full-time job living with your parents though. How long would it take you to save up $225,000 to put a 20% down payment on a million dollar property? 200,000. A long time. Yeah. And it's terrifying because I've literally been saving money my entire working life. Like got a job at 16. I've been saving ever since. And like, you can't do anything with that amount of savings. Nothing. It doesn't like, doesn't count for anything. Not here, right? If you went to, there's other parts in Canada where you could move, but your job isn't there. Your family's not there. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to move. There's other parts of Ontario. You know, you can get houses in the Ottawa Valley right now. Multiple acres, nice, some of them fronting onto a lake, quiet, probably a little boring, but you can get houses there for under $500,000. You're not doing that in the GTA with acres of no. land. Those are multi-million dollar no. properties. No, and start like the difference of, between like what the starter home used to be money-wise, like when I when I got a home, which is right around Octavia's age. Me so too. So think about that. My first home was around your age. How much things have changed in 10 plus years? It's been, I think, 12 years since I became a homeowner, something like that. That's a like that's insane. My first house was a semi- and I think I got it for like 350000 or something like that. Brand new, by the way. Wow. Brand new, new build. I bought a semi slash condo, uh, like a townhouse condo was my first place. Yeah. It was in Oakville and I paid $125,000 oh. for it. <laughs> you know what you can get for that now? Fuck all. Nothing. Like the shittiest piece of land that you can find you, for more than that probably. You can get a parking spot in a condo building yeah. now for $125,000. So that's what I paid. I got a brand new house was my second house. And that one was about $230,000. And then now, of course, we're at a place where nothing is under a million dollars. You're it's not going to get a detached house anywhere in the GTHKA for under a million dollars. It just doesn't work. Um, so sorry about your luck, Octavia. Enjoy America. That's where everybody else is going. <laughs> Keep fighting the good fight, though. It's possible to get in. It's possible to get in. It just takes a lot of time, a lot of work, and find someone that'll move in with you. Good thing you have your boyfriend. Hopefully everything works out well. You guys can be double income. Because <laughs> you need it. It's and crazy. hopefully you win the lottery. And, and winning the lottery would be a good touch, yeah. 
The federal conservatives yesterday voted in favor of a bill that would ban replacement workers from being used during strikes and lockouts at federally regulated workplaces. It's the first time Pierre Polyev's party has taken a position publicly on this legislation. Union leaders are shocked but commending Polyev for standing up for workers. I don't love that. And we work in a federally regulated industry. I don't know if I like this or not. So basically what's going on here is if there were a strike, okay, you guys can go out and strike, but we still got work that needs to be done so they could bring in replacement workers to get those jobs done. Now they can't bring in replacement workers, which forces the company to work out a deal with the employees. But we all know how strikes go. If the employees refuse to accept anything below what they want in their head, then we just have a big blockage. I don't know that we needed to take this option off the table necessarily, but uh, the conservatives are probably going to earn some votes for that. Meanwhile, a new poll is out. This one is from Leger. They say out of 1,500 Canadians that were surveyed over the weekend, who is your favorite choice for prime minister? Pierre Polyev was number one with 27%. 10 points ahead of Justin Trudeau. Oh, wow. I thought, when I read 27%, I thought, ooh, fuck, that's not good. How can the most popular politician in the country only have 27% that think he would be the best prime minister? Yeah, that's not good. That's how bad the other options are, I guess. That's Well, that's it too, yeah. 41% of those surveyed said they would vote conservative if an election were held today. That is 41%. Only 25% said they would vote for the liberals. 61% of respondents... Uh, responding to a question about their finances, said their finances are good or very good, but just shy of half the people surveyed say they're now living check to check. Half. Yeah. Yeah. Scary shit, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I uh, might have teased you earlier when I said... I think Justin Trudeau may get arrested. I think he might. Let's go back to questioning yesterday in Ottawa. This is the RCMP being asked about the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Oh, Remember here that? we go. Yeah. You know, it's crazy what happened there. And I guess we never really did get any closure on it. So let's see where this ends up. Why did you not interview the primary person of interest at the heart of this investigation was Justin Trudeau's political interference for his own personal gain and the gain of SNC-Lavalin. I can inform both of you gentlemen that in my over 30 years of experience as a defense counsel and as a Crown attorney, I have never heard of any investigation where there wasn't any attempt 
whether they agree to interview or not, any attempt to interview the person of interest? Was there at least an attempt <laughs> to interview Justin Trudeau? Yes or no? No. Holy so my, my time is very shit. limited. That's it? That was Larry Just Brock. A, no. No. No attempt. Larry Brock is the member of parliament for Brantford. Good guy, too. Think about this for a second. This was a major thing. This is the one where Jody Wilson-Raybould said, you know what? I am not going to do this for you, Justin. So Justin kicked her out of the fucking party. She's been exiled ever since. She went from being Canada's first indigenous attorney general to turfed because she wouldn't do what Justin Trudeau wanted her to do in, in a deferral, a prosecution deferral. Well, if that was interference and it came from the prime minister and all indications are it did, why didn't the RCMP investigate? That's what I'm trying to understand. Why would they not investigate when there is actual serious, credible reasons to believe that a crime may have been committed? They didn't even try and talk to the guy. And the, uh, this committee that this is all being exposed in is, is kind of corrupt itself. I'm going to play you one more clip. Mm -hmm. This one is one minute long. So again, Commissioner, I apologize uh, for uh, what has transpired, not only last Monday, but clearly what's happening today. Again, if the service had reasonable and probable grounds to believe our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, committed a criminal offence, you would charge accordingly, correct? So question, Mr. Brock. That is a question, Mr. Brock. Sorry. You agree, you, agree, you agree with me? That was a question. That was a question. Okay. That, that you, agree, was... you agree with me? You Do just asked you, ask you just asked the commissioner a question? I, re I repeated the same question okay. that was put to the commissioner before the interruptions. So this is clearly a question, right? I repeated the same question that the liberals interfered with, Chair. So Wait, whether, whether you allow the commissioner to Mr. respond Brock, or Mr. not. Mr. Brock, désolé. Mr. Brock, I'm sorry. Look at that. He asked a serious question. Would you? Let me go back and play that again. That's just fascinating to me. Again, if the service had reasonable and probable grounds to believe our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, committed a criminal offense, you would charge accordingly, correct? No answer from the RCMP. Didn't answer. If our prime minister committed a crime and you had reason to believe that he had committed a crime, you would lay charges, right? The RCMP wouldn't answer the question. And then the liberals on the panel jumped in to try and cover up the fact that he wasn't answering the question. Mm, messed up. It's so messed up, Kat. Whatever is going on in Ottawa is crazy. We've had people lose their job over very expensive glasses of orange juice over pension checks that were for $90,000. There's four active investigations into the prime minister right now. Four of them. And this isn't massive, nonstop, 24-7 national news coverage. It's crazy to me. A new Equifax survey shows that 74% of Canadians believe people are committing fraud against their insurance companies. 76% think financial hardships have pushed people to commit insurance fraud, especially in the auto sector and through stolen identity. In other words, three out of four Canadians believe other Canadians are breaking the law, committing fraud, just because they're desperate for money right now. Well, people are doing a lot of things because they're desperate for money right now, so why would fraud be out of the picture of that?
What would that be? Is that be like stage an accident and try and get money for your Maybe. car? Try and get out of your lease payment by ditching it or something like that? Could yeah. that be it? I guess so. I don't even know where to begin with that. So I'm not, I guess that people have figured out a couple of y- unique ways. But I'd imagine you'd be onto it pretty quickly if that's what you do for a living is car insurance. I mean, you invest, they investigate things, right? I don't know how deep the investigations go pending the incident, but I could see people here and there. Trying to just nickel and dime to get a, just a few bucks here and there, right? I Maybe? guess, yeah, yeah. Or not using. But by the way, if you're that desperate, like, why would you not just not pay insurance? Mm. Instead of question. instead of trying to scam the system, you know, there's a lot of people driving right now without insurance. Yeah. They're just rolling the dice on not getting caught. So why wouldn't you just try to not get caught and not pay insurance rather than try to fraud the system is my question. You're absolutely right. I talked to a friend in traffic services the other day who was telling me they're just jamming people with tickets left, right, and center because so many people have either had their insurance canceled for non-payment or they just let it lapse because they can't afford it. And when you're deciding heating, eating, living, car insurance, well, fuck it. Car insurance has got to go. It's going. They're not yeah. going to cut their cell phone. They're not going to cut some of the other discretionary purchases. Car insurance seems to be the first thing that people are letting go. And you're right. You really roll the dice, but that's a lot of extra money every month. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's your food for the month yeah. is your car insurance bill. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we learned that there's a staggering amount of people that lie, that fib that they're not driving, but they actually are, you know? I believe it. Uh, one more. A new report says the majority of Ontarians are uncomfortable meeting in person for buying and selling when it comes to purchases made on websites like Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji because of scams and fraud. 74% of Ontarians said they are uncomfortable with the process. Hmm. Is there any other way to do it? I mean, hey, if you're selling... uh, a new fridge, mm-hmm. and I need a fridge for my garage. I do need a fridge for my garage, by the way. If I did that, okay, great. You want five hundred bucks, and I've got five hundred bucks. I'm looking for a freezer for my garage, by the way. So look at us go. Look at us. Maybe we're just doing online or on podcast show <laughs> right here and then, like a trade. <laughs> buy and sell. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So let me tell you, it, it's what the what the um, options are is your question, right? Yeah. Like, what are we looking at? You know what I think we should do? I was just talking to my neighbor about this. So my neighbor's moving. I, you guys know the story, backstory there. But anyway, she said, I got to sell all this stuff. I'm not good with the online things and I don't want to get scammed and mugged. And she was worried about all these things. You know what I said to her? that I, It kind of dawned on me. I was like, what about a garage sale? Remember when that used to be the only way that you'd be able to sell your shit? was just like, put it on the curb, put up some signs, come on down. You bring cash. I have item. We exchange. That's how it works. Yep. So I don't know. I think going back to old school ways. Now, I know it's hard for people. That means around these parts, you only have a few months out of the year to really do garage sales where you're not looking at shit weather. But I don't know that maybe that's one of them. I don't mind when people have to come to my place or I have to go to their place. I'm not going to go in. They're not going to come in to my place. But at least it's a familiar place where you're comfortable and you know your surroundings. That's fine with me if I've got to do one of those purchases. Mm -hmm. I'm also, I've never done it, but I'm okay with the safe exchange zones that they do outside police stations. Agree. Very well monitored on video. Cops are close by in case shit goes down. That, I think, seems relatively safe. It's also Mm -hmm. well lit. But there are so many people... And I don't know why they would do it. Hey, meet me at the the Tim Hortons at Main and Fifth yeah. Street, and and I'll be in a red car. And they show up with the money, 
and they want to get their new Jordans or their new iPhone or their new whatever, and the person takes the money and is on their way. It happens daily, multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why people keep doing these shady transactions when there are safer ways to do it. Yeah, for sure. So, and you got to be careful with everything though. Um, my, my sister-in-law got scammed. Oh, really? Scammed. You know her. She's smart. She's not dumb. Oh, it can that's happen to sister-in-law. Oh, yeah. Really? This can happen to anybody. So, Surprised she didn't beat the shit out of them. Oh, she, if she could find them, she would. What happened was, so be wary of this too, guys. If you do Facebook Marketplace, I personally don't, but only because like it's linked to my name and stuff. That's kind of weird. I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm Kelly Ke at the radio and I want to buy your fucking freezer. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of weird. So anyway, I avoid it. But some people I know use Facebook Marketplace all the time and they have no problems with it. But a heads up if you're that type of person that puts money on to hold an object. So somebody joined like a buy and sell group and put up, their patio furniture. And by these, based on these photos, which were not actually real of the patio furniture, they lo it looked lovely and for a very good price. So she was like, great. I, I'm, I'm I need new patio furniture for the summer. I could store it for now in the garage. Messages this person. And it was a very eloquently put reply. It seemed like it was from like an upstanding citizen in her community. Like, absolutely. You know, it's in great condition. Feel free to come by and see it beforehand. But you know what? I have a lot of interest. So uh, I'm just asking for some money down here at least. And and I'm saying this was like a lot of money. The actual patio set, she gave $200 in EMT because she's done this before where oh. she holds. She's like, I want to place a hold. Didn't even think to like click on the profile. Where is this person from? Do a Google image search of that stuff they're selling, by the way, is another tip I'll give you. Because Google image search is great. It will be able to show you anything on the internet uh, that has that. So, wonderful. She didn't do any of that. Just sent the 200, 250 bucks, whatever it was. And what do you know? Next thing you know, the messages started to get weird. Send more, bruh. All of a sudden, what? it changed completely. Oh. So I believe this is this is probably something that works on a bigger level that creates these profile pages to make it look like it could be somebody real. But when you click, you see the red flags. My brother even checked the red flags. He's like, wow, there's a lot of them here. If she would have done a little digging first and been mindful about that. Or maybe said, you know, I'm coming to see it first because it's close by. It's not far away. So just be mindful. That person, next thing you know, profile's gone. Everyone's gone. She can't find them. Money's gone, basically. If, if somebody does a lot of transactions on Facebook Marketplace, and by a lot, I don't mean a lot, like maybe once a month, every couple of months. Yeah. If Facebook sold insurance that costs, say, $12 wow. a month, and if your purchase turns out to be a scam, you'll get your money back, would you pay it? I mean, no, not me personally, but I don't use it. Is it a good idea? I don't know if Facebook would ever do it because you know what you do, you'd have is people creating fake accounts and doing that just to get the money from Facebook. Oh, that's true, so I too. think there'd be too many scammers scamming the scammers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think it would be too much, too much of a vortex. Okay, one more study, and then we move on to something else here. 75% of us admit we have skipped an event because we did not want to deal with the parking situation at that event. How true is that? I've done it. I do it all the time. I've done it. If I get invited to Toronto for something now, I really have to ask myself, how close is it to Union? Because if it's not near Union and I'm going to have to take multiple subways and such to get there, I don't want to go and I'm not driving. Yeah. I'm not doing it yeah. anymore. It's just not worth my time. And they're charging like 50 bucks to park now, especially if it's outside yeah. Scotiabank Arena or Rogers Center. Fuck that. No way. Plus, Toronto is now discussing raising the parking ticket fee to $75 for a parking ticket. And they swear it's not a cash grab. Oh, they swear it's not a cash grab. It's nothing to do with the money. They say that's the only way 
to make people comply with the current rules. Okay, but the thing that I will say to that is I understand why they're doing it that way. Why would you not? Because at a certain point, let's say it was $50. That's what they're fucking charging people to park at some parking stations anyway. So they have to make it so that it's much more, like a decent amount more money to get a parking ticket than it would be to park. So you can't blame them for upping the price. There are some places where you have to park and you're paying $50 for an event, especially a busy day where there's concerts and a Jays game and all that shit downtown. I see $50 parking spots all the time. Yep. So if the city's only going to charge $50 for a parking ticket, they're going to have people parking like assholes all over the road. I don't want that either. So yeah, raise it. There was um, uh, a lot of reason to think that, no, they are lying. It's absolutely about the money because Toronto is desperately broke and they don't know how to cut expenses. So what they do is they keep passing these things on to the taxpayer. And while you may have a point down in the entertainment district or you might have a point around the stadiums and so on and so forth, if you're just at Young and Eglinton and you run into Shoppers Drug Mart to pick up your prescription or your parents' prescription and uh, you're a little over the line or you could, couldn't interpret that incredibly confusing sign and thought it was okay to park there when it really wasn't, to jam somebody like that with a $75 ticket is obnoxious and just mean. So I hope that they reconsider, but these aren't smart people. They are not compassionate people. These are people that have an agenda and they are broke and they will do anything they can to get more money and they will lie and gaslight you by telling you it's to make people comply. Yet these are the same people who don't believe that that punishments actually work and that's why they don't want criminals in jail. They'd really rather reform options and things like that. It's a big contradiction and I don't understand Toronto at all anymore, but it's just gone. It seems like every day that city gets more and more batshit crazy. Cat, when it comes to food, it's kind of on our radar today. It's a really good Reddit thread going around of meals that people used to eat as kids that they later realized as an adult was kind of weird. You got time for this? Yeah, sure I do. I wonder how many we can add to it once we do this list. Well, the reason that it caught my attention is because we see stuff like this all the time. Reddit's great for that sort of thing, but... I didn't know that people were actually doing some of these things. Were you aware of the ham salad? Ham salad? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. More than one person said this. Ham salad is, I guess, what you eat when you're a kid. It's made by grinding up uncooked hot dogs. You mix them with sweet relish and mayo. It's what? called a ham salad. What in the holy fuck? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you Why do, would you that, do that, to that to yourself? Why? Why? Do you hate yourself that much? Cut up hot dogs on just about anything. Scrambled eggs, mac and cheese, stir-fried <laughs> vegetables on top of rice. Yeah. That also made it. Yeah. We're doing a lot of shit with hot, hot dogs, dogs right now. Yeah, well, Hot dogs are good little fillers, I suppose. And they're easy because it's just like they're done. You don't have to worry about cooking them all the way. They're already like pre-cooked, whatever the fuck meat that is. Spaghetti noodles with a can of beans on top. Oh, okay, that's a I, weird I, one. I've had rice with a can of beans. I've never cooked spaghetti yeah. with a can of beans. That's a different one for me. Give you homework there. There you go. Eggo waffles with cheddar. What? Eggo waffle, cheddar okay. cheese on top. Listen, I, I, I am of the mindset of there's not a lot that you can ruin by adding cheese, but waffles, I'm not sure about that. How about a cubed up baguette? You got a, your baguette, you <laughs> cut it up into cubes, mm -hmm. toss it with Greek yogurt and some chopped up mint. Apparently, it makes a sweet treat. Octavia's looking at you like you just fucking lied so hard right now. I just, <laughs> you liar. I've never heard of any of these. No. No. What about 
having milk to drink while you're having spaghetti for dinner. People are now realizing, oh, shit, that was a little weird. That's a weird one. Coffee and crackers? Nah. That's not the worst thing. I don't hate that either, necessarily. Uh, grape jelly on a grilled cheese. Oh. oh! Any jelly on a grilled what, cheese. Though? When you think about, like, you ever bake brie or something like that, and yeah. then there's the jelly on top. So that, like, cheese jam combo is actually quite good. So I don't hate that one, actually. What about this one, then? Chili on a mm-hmm. cinnamon bun. Sweet. Is that like a sweet, savory thing? That yeah. must be, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah. is the icing on the cinnamon bun too? Like the whole nine? Yeah, it's like a fucking cinnamon bun. It's a cinnamon bun with chili. Chili on it's, top. It's weird. So, you know what's weird here is I thought all of these were a little bit strange. All yeah. of them. Yeah. But as I said them, I was watching your reactions and Octavia was like, ew, gross to some of them. But others, I could see her eyebrow raised like, oh, hmm. that might not be that yeah. bad. Yeah. You can have a waffle and cheese later on, Octavia. That one's a no for me. <laughs> yeah, that's a strange one. Don't knock it till you try it thing is real, though. I mean, because some of the combos that any of us, all three of us are probably guilty of having weird combos that someone else would go, that's gross. But you're like, I thought it was gross until I tried it. And now I know it's not, right? Speaking of food, by the way, I got a ridiculous amount of DMs about cereal yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you people that wanted to shit on me for saying life cereal was my favorite... <laughs> I can't believe you got so much hate. You should listen to Joe Rogan from now on. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, don't do that. No, no don't, don't do you that. You can do that. I would just do ours too. Okay, one more thing. Uh, a man is making headlines, international headlines really, because I feel like it's not even the first person to do it, but it's the first person to do it so that it works. He just had a QR code tattooed to his forehead. Actually oh. tattooed with ink on his forehead. Why would he put it on his forehead? Because it looks completely ridiculous, but it's an easy way for people to access his Instagram. So when you oh scan God. the QR code on his head, so it links to his Instagram account. How old is he? Does it say an age? I need to know this age. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have his age. Okay, so let me tell you what the... Okay, I hope... If this is a young person, they're going to fucking learn real bad. Because you know what would have happened? Scott, think back to... And Octavia won't even remember this. She's too young. ICQ. You know, there are people that actually tattooed their ICQ numbers to their body. And where the fuck is ICQ now? Right. So I feel like, not to say QR codes will go away, but to link to your Instagram page is also, it's a questionable thing to do. Because what if Instagram goes away and QR codes aren't used anymore? Or you or you get wrinkles and, and then your QR code doesn't even fucking work anymore. Is that a possibility? Of course it is. What would happen if you just got like a bad sunburn and then your tattoo fades when you get a bad sunburn? Yes. Would a faded QR code still work? I don't, I mean, I don't know for sure. The whole thing's stupid though. This is, this is not, not a smart thing to do. See, I love tats and I try not to judge other people's tattoos because I know that when they got it, they probably had a plan. They probably liked it. They probably thought, oh, this is the best idea ever. So I don't want to judge because somebody made a conscious decision in most cases to get that tattoo. Mm. This one I'm going to judge a little bit. Terrible position. But I don't necessarily hate the idea. Now, you're right. Instagram could probably go away when Mark Zuckerberg finally gets arrested. But other than that. (laughs) Could happen. (laughs) It could. But other than that, I I can't think of a a reason to not. I just don't think your forehead is the best way to do it. If you want to get it like on your forearm, if you want to get it on a. I don't know, your ass. If somebody is close enough to you to see your ass, they can scan it, 
and go to your Instagram. They should probably be a close follow. You know what I mean? Or like a small one because QR codes can be small or big. Like a well, right on your forehead. I don't like the spot. I, like I understand you want to put the QR code. Totally fine. I'm sure this person's not the only one that's tattooed a QR code. It's the place that you put it though. Mm-mm. What's the controversy over Willy Wonka? Why do I keep hearing about Willy Wonka? Oh, my What's, God. Is th- do you have time? Do we have time for this, though? We don't have time. We have a meeting. We have a minute. Uh, okay. What, in one minute, I'll tell you. What I'm going to tell you to do is look this up, guys. So there was a, <laughs> there was this experience. It was called, like, the Willy Wonka event experience. And online, you know, as a parent, you try to sign up. You're like, yeah, I want my kids to go to this cool thing. And then you see photos of it. And you're like, I'm going to buy tickets and passes to this. So essentially, this looked online to be a really cool spot. It had, like, these... You know, you. I think everyone knows what the chocolate factory looks like in the movies, right? So it kind of emulated that. Maybe not to a T, but it looked cool and cool plants and big lollipops and a fun place to go, an exhibit, if you will, for kids and, and families alike. So a bunch of people bought tickets to this. And when you showed up, what you got was not what was advertised. I'm, when I'm telling you we could create a better one in this parking lot here beside this big pile of snurt, I'm not kidding you. We actually could have created a better one right here. Well, why don't we? Because they're raising prices at Disney. If we created somewhat of an attraction here by the snurt pile in the parking lot at the radio station, I think this is a money-making opportunity, Kat. No, then let's get on it. Look, there's a the Kitchener Motel right over there. and, and uh, We've got accommodation. <laughs> yep, there's a... Restaurants. A rest, there's a Harvey's. Yeah. And a McDonald's. Yeah. And a Costco just down the street. Near the highway. It's like it's right off the 401. The We're yeah. on the 401 right here. We need to create an attraction beside the snurt pile. Maybe we should charge money to go down the snurt pile. Less people will complain than this place. But anyway, guys, do yourselves a favor and Google it. Just, just Google Willy Wonka event gone wrong or whatever. You're going to find a ton of articles. I mean, to the point where they hired people to like play characters in this thing. And the script that they gave them was AI. Like, they did no work for this at all. Whoever actually planned it, scammers. Speaking of scammers, this was a scam. Huh. And people fell for it, didn't they? Oh, yeah. Yikes. Got to go, everybody. Have yourself a fantastic hump day. Be careful. It's going to get crazy windy and shitty outside later on. But nicer weather is just around the corner. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, friends. Lawmakers in Germany voted last week to decriminalize possession of marijuana, though there is concern that this could lead to Germans showing up to work only five minutes early. KFC launched its new chicken pizza hybrid called Chizza. Here's a photo of it. Look at this. Yeah. Oh. I don't know about you, but if there's one word I don't want to see on a menu, it's hybrid. <laughs> Not to be outdone, Domino's just introduced boneless pizza. Guinness World Records recently confirmed that the world's oldest dog title has been revoked from a dog in Portugal after an investigation discovered that there was no conclusive evidence of the animal's age. The good news for the dog is he has no idea that any of this even happened. (laughs) 